This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to All Things Azeroth, Episode 688, The Tormenting Tower. Today's sponsor is Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. That's bit.ly slash ATA Reads 2020. Nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's show is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020. That's T-R-Y-E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash expressata2020 for three months free with a one-year package. Visit tryexpressvpn.com slash expressata2020 to learn more. Finally, we are sponsored by Funko, maker of the world's broadest selections of vinyl figures, from Pops to Dorbs, Rise to Mugs, and so much more. Check them out at bit.ly slash FunkoATA. Coming to you from the exotic land known as Canada, eh? You're listening to another episode of All Things Azeroth. Now we present your awesome hosts, the always stalwart and honorable Maedros, the commander of the fell and master of demons, Death. The non-vegan meat shield, my warrior brother, Toasty. And the high priestess of the Everlight, Allie. She ain't from Canada, but it'll work. It's the internet. Just go with it. They are bringing you your news from the world of Warcraft. This is All Things Azeroth. And welcome back to All Things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. I'm your host, Medros. And with me, I have Toasty. Hey, Toasty. Hello. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. And you got to sit outside all day in my backyard. Just, you know, that's all that's available to me. But it was a good day. Front yard, too. Yeah, that's true. But it was mostly the backyard. Did you have a fire, at least? Are you kidding? It's too, it was too hot to have a fire in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, I didn't go outside until, like, 5.30, 6 o'clock? No, 6, 6.30. Yeah, I was outside at around 11 this morning. <laughs> so That's pretty uh, early. Yeah, I spent all day outside. It was great. But yeah, it was too hot. it was too warm to have a fire. Like if it, if it was around now then yeah, I'd be having a fire, but I'm I'm here talking to you guys. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you. Uh, uh you know, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a Monday without your voice here. Uh and we also have uh, Ali. Hey Ali. Hello. What are you Hi. Doing? Um, you know, pretty good. Back at work, which has been a little weird, but this is week two, so you know we're kind of slowly adjusting to the new norm. So that's a thing. And yeah, too much adulting lately. But other than that, you know, you just push right on through. Take it day by day, right? It's all we can do. Yeah. And how are you doing, Medros? Right. Um, just kind of, you know, like you, like you said, to try to make it through and uh, get uh, get by day to day. So uh, it definitely feels like uh, I would be happy when this ends, if it ends in the right way. But uh, everything I read about this thing is just making things sound worse, so. Sometimes I wish I could just stop reading the news, but that won't solve anything. No, no, ignorance will probably not help. 
No. So, you do what you gotta do and help you make it through, right? Yep. Yep. But, uh, yeah. So, um, Cass, uh, we'll go into our weeks here. Uh, Allie, how was your week? It was so good. <laughs> so, what did I do this week outside of raiding? Well, we did raid, and we... I'm, I'm sorry, Toasty, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> we were able to kill Carapace on Heroic, which was really exciting. And we took, what, two turns in... Um, one? Maybe just one. Don't remember now. Maybe we didn't take any. I've slept since then. Either way, we got Carapace down, which is awesome. I think we're going to focus more on doing the skips and getting that accomplished before pushing this off too hard. But it was nice to get Carapace down. And been doing some alpha. Not as much as I would like. Because it's been busy, and like I said, a lot of adulting lately. But I did have a lot of fun with a group of friends on Saturday night, including Manny, who's in chat here. And we did some Torghast, which was a lot of fun, because, you know, Torghast, I like it. And uh, we did two dungeons. Did you guys know I like dungeons? What? I've never heard this before. <laughs> Surprise! So we did Necrotic Wake, which was really good to see. The art of it is very interesting. There's a couple of interesting fights. And it was nice just to kind of get in there and really look around. There's some adventure guides, so I read a little bit of that. But what I was more excited about was the other one, which I think just got released last week for Alpha. It's Miss of Tirna Scythe. I think is how you say it. It is freaking gorgeous I was healing and I was busy just looking up and looking around and all of a sudden I see all everyone's health start dropping so I could quickly like pop a big hole down and get everyone back up because um it's very distracting how gorgeous that dungeon is I could just look up the stars for a while let alone everything else we didn't get a chance to complete it because we ran into a bug that did not let us go forward past these Lost Woods maze thing. But that concept alone was pretty cool. So I'm glad we tested it. And Alpha is Alpha. So I'm looking forward to them fixing it so we can finish the dungeon. Finish the dungeon. But I really, I liked it. There was a couple unique things to it. And again, just gorgeous. I took so many screenshots. It's ridiculous. Yeah, honestly, I'm not surprised at how gorgeous that zone is. I'm out of the... Out of the zones we have available to us, that are going to be available to us in Shadowlands, Ardenweald is definitely one of the more prettier zones. Yeah, Ardenweald and, and Bastion. Yeah. Bastion's mm -hmm. really pretty, too. Yeah, both those zones are very pretty. It helps my favorite color is blue, so Bastion is it's real nice. But uh, I haven't actually like gotten into Ardenweald myself. I need to just take some time, do some questing, but yeah, that dungeon is, it's too early to say it's going to be my favorite dungeon in Shadowlands, but my goodness, do I ever love it. <laughs> so yeah, I was just really excited about those things and it made it for a pretty good week in WoW. 
Yeah. How was your week, Toasty? Um, well, I had some of the same week. We got Nazoth down, which I'm, or Carapism down, which I'm really happy about. Uh, I continue to not get any of the loot that I want from the bosses we have available to us. Luckily, like, I've, I've got 460 gear for most of my slots at this point, which is great. I even managed to get, um, I think it was Wrists with Twilight Devastation. So I'm kind of playing with that, trying to figure out which one I want to keep. Because I've got a rank 1 Twilight Devastation, but I've also got rank 3 Infinite Stars, but it's 445 gear. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> so, kind of trying to figure out which one will be better, like, like practically anyway. Uh, simming it tells me that Infinite Stars is going to be better, but that's going to depend largely on the fights. Because if it's like for for Mel, for example, that gets tricky because you can't control that when when that goes off. Yeah, and if it's during the shield phase, I I might not be able to heal you through it. I will sure try. Right, but it gets a little tricky. <laughs> I might just end up carrying two sets around so I can swap swap out when necessary, which I've right. never had to worry about before. Like, thanks, but thanks to this corruption thing, I do, and like one of the things that's kind of annoying me about it is like simming it. My piece with infinite stars is leaps and bounds better. Like I'm averaging, like, according to the Sims, I should be hitting around sixty-eight thousand on a on a on a patchwork style fight. But if I have Twilight Devastation, it's fifty-eight thousand, which is you know like that's. 10k dps difference it should be a right. no-brainer but the fact that i had to send that to find figure that out and you know the whole idea like, they, like they've been trying to get us get away from us having to sim like that's not a great feeling <laughs> especially because my twilight my infinite stars gear is from normal like i have yeah. a, i have a piece from heroic that i'm that i that i'm swapping in when um uh, when I'm using my Twilight Devastation. So I still have 460 gear for that slot, but it's not a good feeling having to having to use normal gear, especially when I've got other gear that I could be using. Yeah, having to use lower item level gear just because of all that, that's I've I've had to do it sometimes, especially for Shadow, because if I'm low on haste, that's I mean for Shadow, that, that's a big deal. So right. I, I've, I've run into that too, and it's not a good feeling to have to go to lower item level stuff. So, thankfully, we don't have to worry about the system in Shadowlands. No more corruption. No more Titan forging. No, none of that random stuff like that. It's just going to be the gear. Which hopefully, hopefully makes it so I can actually get upgrades and use them instead of just hanging on to them in my bag. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, outside of raiding, I actually did some. I did, actually did a Mythic Plus this weekend, which was a lot of fun. We did Underrot. Uh, we did not quite make the timer. Um, I think it was a plus ten. I want to say it was a yeah, it was a plus ten Underrot. So we had to deal with all that, and and man, some of that stuff hurts, especially with bursting. In, in Underrot, there were a lot of like small ads that just blew up decently quick. And I had to be very mindful of my rotation because I got a lot of AoE in my rotation between Whirlwind and 
rampage, assuming that I've hit more than three targets with my whirlwind, which in Underrod is not hard to do. So, yeah, we didn't quite make the timer, which was unfortunate, but, you know, whatever. And then after all that, I got rewarded with another key to Underrot for plus nine, because we, we didn't clear it in time. Like, well, you know what? Maybe I won't do another Underrot, because that was not fun. Especially considering what I bring to the table in terms of uh, rotation and all that stuff. But hey, it was my first Mythic Plus in like four months, and I, I had a lot of fun. It was a guild run, which is a weird thing for me to say, because <laughs> previously my guild couldn't fill a full Mythic Plus run. <laughs> but hey, we were able to do that now, and that was yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was just it was cool just hanging out with everybody in a smaller setting and taking care of stuff. Outside of that, I uh, did some more alpha stuff, which, uh, despite my saying that I need to do more stuff other than Torghast, ended up just being Torghast. Um, but uh, we got to play around with some of the changes they implemented. So we, we we're we're starting from the from the first level. There's no more easy, normal, heroic uh, selection. And there's portals to the different areas and all that stuff, and we had to do, we had to have fun with some of the other mechanics. It was also uh, the first time I had seen a monk in Torghast, and um, if it based just based on the reaction from Seraphis, there was a lot of fun stuff for monks in Torghast. Fortunately for me, like uh, I, I'm starting to notice uh, with warriors in Torghast, there's a lot of it's just a lot of stuff that that's centered around whirlwind, and you know that's fun and all, but I, I'd like to see some variety there. But you know that's 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 feedback stuff. Uh, yeah, that that's about it for my week. And wow, Medros, how uh, what did you get up to? Drinking, cleaning. I guess it's that time of year, eh? Spending time with the wife. Uh. Uh, it's about that time of the quarantine, really. It's actually where it, where it is. <laughs> it, it's the, she's been told she's going back to work at some point in the not-as-distant future as as originally uh, thought. Uh, there, there's actually, you know, a date. Um, so now it's like, oh, we should do some stuff, because we haven't done stuff. Um, but we did watch the entire Marvel, Marvel uh, MC, MCU movies up until the, the Star, Star, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Nice. That's um, fun. Yeah. One of your Harry Travels and Mystery and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, got that done. That was was something I checked off a list. But I I don't think that was the thing people were mostly doing. And and we felt we should do some, you know, productive stuff. So, um, made four batches of, like, peanut butter cookies. um, And uh, she made several very delicious desserts. Um, I I may have posted some on Twitter. If you haven't seen them, you should, because, you know, I mean, unless you don't want to see delicious desserts, then, you know, who are you and why are you even here on this earth? I mean, like, not be here, be here in this podcast, but, you know, why, why are you on this earth if you don't like desserts? But anyways, um, yeah, so didn't do much wowing this week at all. I uh, made about 60,000 gold um, from selling... Um, 
crafting reagents and stuff. Uh, so that was that was pretty good. Um, and I did some traveling around uh, on my druid a little bit, uh, herbing and stuff, because uh, anchorweed still sells fairly well uh, comparatively to other herbs. So I uh, was doing a lot of that, and the druid is much easier to farm herbs when when they can fly. So. Um, yeah, didn't do much otherwise in WoW, uh, but I enjoyed what I did, and that's the key that matters. You're not wrong. Well, there you go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that's my week. Um, let's talk about our, uh, our first sponsor, shall we? Our first sponsor, uh, is of course the great folks over at Funko. Uh, they... Sorry. Uh, they make incredible figures. Uh, if you haven't heard my name, you've definitely seen their products. They make collectible Lionel figures from a bunch of Blizzard universes, from Warcraft to Overwatch, Heroes of Diablo, and even more from outside the Blizzard universe, like Firefly, Doctor Who, and Marvel. Now, I like to highlight a Funko Pop each week, and this is one I, I actually did not see this announced from Funko. Um... And some might think this actually already exists, but it is actually technically different than the one exists of this character. Um, just trying to pull the picture of this one. Uh, it's uh, it, it's one that I'm so excited because so when it comes to Blizzard Funko Pops, uh, they've had they've had Overwatch ones for a while, and they've had a lot of Overwatch ones like. Of the entire Funko Blizzard universe releases, uh, Overwatch overshadows any other game by, like, 10 to 1. Uh, especially if you include, like, variants, like Junkrat, and then Junkrat's Halloween costume, and then this other skin for Junkrat. And, like, I think there's eight different Tracer looks. So, there has been a lot of Overwatch ones. But they started out doing ones for Heroes of the Storm... Which included uh, a Tyrael one with a demonic Tyrael um, skin. Uh, there was Raynor, Sylvanas. Um, there's just a bunch of different ones for for the hero side of things, um, which encompassed a lot of their other games. So they covered StarCraft, they covered Diablo, they covered WoW. There's Thrall in there as well, if I recall. Um, so some really cool Funko figures. But I felt like they, once they got into the Overwatch, that seems to be all they did for Blizzard universes. Understandable, Overwatch is their big game. I, I assume you guys would agree, right? Like that, from the marketing standpoint, like their marketing collectibles and a lot of push towards Overwatch players. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is their first non-Overwatch Funko Pop in about. I'm going to say about four years. I feel like it, it probably isn't that long, but it really feels like it's been a very long time since we last actually saw a non-Overwatch Funko Pop. Um, and I'm really excited for Tyrael. Uh, it's a Diablo, it's marked as a Diablo 2 because, of course, we all know this is not the look of Tyrael in Diablo 3. But uh, I really enjoy this, this Funko Pop. I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. And I'd love to eventually have that on my shelf. Um, but... There are many Funko Pops. Again, like I said earlier, from all different games, uh, universes, 
properties and licenses. Uh, if you want to check out this Funko Pop and many others, go to bit.ly slash FunkoATA, check out their online shop, and use Shop10 to save 10% on your entire purchase. That's bit.ly slash FunkoATA, and use Shop10 to save 10%. And I want to thank Funko for their support of the show. So, uh, let, let's talk about what's coming up in Wild this week. Uh, Toasty, and, and of course, don't forget the quest. God damn it. Really? <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, we've got Concert Arms, Deep Wind Gorge, going from May 19th to the 25th. We've also got the World Quest bonus event, running from May 19th to the 25th. And assuming I do World Quests, I will uh, make sure to pick that up. Unfortunately, that rip buff ended. So, um, probably not. That's it. That's all. So why don't we talk about our uh, first topic of the night. Um, an interview with Ian. Well, you know, if you want to, of course. We can talk with him. Uh, so, Ian has just did an interview this week uh, with Wow Chakra, I think it's called. Um, and, of course, there was lots of talk about Toasty's favorite place to go. Lately, at least. And that is Torghast. Um... So some of the takeaway from this in the live blog from Wowhead here is uh, the long-term goal for Torghast is not multiple-hour runs. They they don't want you to do that in the long run. Um, it is still early development, but they want to get it up for feedback because it is a core part of the, the new expansion, and they want lots of feedback so they can try and make it as functional and useful and uh, in as many friendly fields as they can. Uh, they haven't put much time in the meta progression just yet. They don't want. They don't mind having a build come together in the middle and make that uh, that portion easy, but it shouldn't continually continue infinitely. Um, they said they're looking to condense the runs where you get when you where you get your build together. You get to crush some floors, but runs don't take a long time. Um, when talking about achievements, they did say that there'll be lots of achievements for Torghast, um, and they're, they're kind of one of the last things to, that they develop uh, in the game. Uh, due to the changing nature of Torghast, I'm assuming that any achievements will not be based on see this uh, see this list of bosses or encounter this type of room because uh, you you can't control that and and you can't uh, it's not something that is is luck and and I I don't want there to be achievements based on um, pure randomness that the Torghast is so that's just my opinion though I, I've not run it yet so um. And uh, did say that Torghast would be built with events in mind. Um, a sort of event might take over a section of the tower, but that's more of a long-term goal to help keep Torghast feeling fresh. Um, also said that Legendary Animal Crafting isn't in the alpha yet, but there's hoping to have that up in a few weeks. Looking forward to that. And um, uh, they did go into like class trainers and covenant abilities and. Um, Really, time passing in Shadowlands is complicated. I'm very curious about that. Uh, anything else you guys saw that was intriguing to you? Um, the the uh, time passing thing is an interesting thing. Is an interesting concept because I mean, yes, that's what what how like is it slower? Is it faster? Like the thing that immediately came to mind for me when I read that was like, oh, it's like the Feywild in D and D where like time could. Like, you can spend the three weeks in the Shadowlands, but really you were gone for, like, 20 minutes. Or something like that. That 
that that that opens up to some interesting story things. You know, one of the things that um that gets talked about every once in a while is the idea of WoW kind of skipping ahead in time. Especially considering um that one comic that was put out, I believe it was going into Legion where we showed where we we saw um Anduin a, mu a much older Anduin uh, facing off against some force, and you know, that would be that would be uh, one way of uh, bringing us forward to that time. It'll also be interesting to see like what like what would happen what would have happened during the time we spent in Shadowlands if it ends up being more than what we think it is. Yeah, I'm I'm super intrigued uh, story wise to see what this little tease of oh time is chaotic we don't know like what that's gonna mean super excited it does also mention because a couple people have asked there is gonna be a mission table in shadowlands it's supposed to be on the alpha next month so we could test it and apparently ian explains that they want to have a system represent the fantasy of wow's combat and they want to evolve the mission table to add more depth to the system that we, well, than what we've seen before. So I'm not the biggest fan of mission of the mission tables. I see its value, but it feels old at this point. So I'm curious to see what these evolutions might be and if it will kind of reignite my desire to do mission tables stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely haven't done mission tables in a while. I think I posted to Twitter a couple of weeks ago that one of the... Like, I had randomly gone to the mission table and one of the rewards I had for my completed mission was a uh, a present from Wintervale. So, <laughs> it had been a while since I checked on that table, apparently. I'll dabble. I'll go to it once in a while. Earlier in the expansion, I'll go more often, but it was more out of trying to, you know, get my reps up and get my Azerite. You know, wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I haven't wanted to do mission tables for quite a while, so. Uh, what about you, Medros? Do you do anything with your mission table? Hmm. <laughs> 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 yes? question uh <laughs> okay uh yes i do uh it, it is almost what i do in game these days it seems like uh however um at this point when a character has run out of resources for the mission table uh, i just don't bother restocking them um i'm not gonna uh, i'm not gonna spend a lot of time trying to farm up a resource that is extremely temporary and not likely to be worth the effort I'm putting into it. Uh, and right now, the, the resources we use, it, it's just a waste. Uh, it's a waste of energy, a waste of time to try and go collect up uh, more resources that I don't need. Um, I think the only character that I might do um, the upcoming world quest bonus on is the... Um, the newly boosted uh, Volpira Hunter. Um, 
because they have not had any. Like, they've never done mission table stuff. Right. But that's the only character that I really feel any value in doing so on. Um, and even that is is very fleeting. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it just, I would like to see a mission table like functionality that has, doesn't have a resource you have to go farm. Like, maybe you can only send a, cer- a certain amount of missions per day or something. Um, but the whole requirement for Oh, you need to have war resources, order hall resources, garrison resources, blah, 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 blah. Like, that isn't very functional. Uh, They also, when they removed the mobile ability, uh, that really took away from my desire to do that. There's not really anything there anymore for me to say, oh, I can just, you know, on a break do this. I also have a lot more things I can do on my phone now that I couldn't do when they last had the mobile ability. So it's not really... It's not really a functional system as it is. I'd like to see what they're going to do to change it, but I don't see that I will participate in it until Shadowlands at the earliest, uh, other than just clearing out the resources my characters currently have. Uh, It's just not worth the effort to refill that in something that... In six months or less, or seven months or less, is going to be gone. So we'll have to wait and see, really. But yeah, it doesn't feel very fulfilling to have to spend time on a character every week to farm up something just so they can participate in a section of the game that often things are locked behind. So... I'm very curious to see how they're going to change it and to see whether the, their changes make the system workable again. Because I don't feel it's been workable for a while now. Yeah, I mean, let's be realistic. The mission tables haven't had a lot of... But there's not a lot of incentive to do mission tables. I mean, before you'd have, you know, a couple of random things that you might be able to get out of them. But now, you get what? You get Azerite power, you get gold, you get rep tokens, and... That's all. That's pretty much all I can remember, and honestly, the only time I do the mission tables now is when I'm close to paragoning and I run out of world quests to do or whatever. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna do a mission table, and hopefully, the right rep token is available to me, and I'll get my paragon thing done next time I log in if I remember to check. Otherwise, I'm yeah. spending my more resources on re on on loot rerolls. It's it's definitely a more. It has the potential to give me more reward with the rerolls than it would be actually using them for their intended purpose. Yeah, it's a great idea, but I really feel like it's missed the mark. Like, okay, if if I look back to this time last expansion, so six to seven months before the end of the expansion, I know what I was doing in Legion. I know exactly what I was doing. I was spending time on Argus. I was doing using the mission table on Argus and earning gold. Not just 100 or 50 or 75 gold, but like a few thousand gold. They don't want the gold to be as plentiful as it was, even though they have a 5 million gold mount, but whatever. Not bitter about that at all. Uh, and 
if that was what we had now, if we had the mission table giving us that stuff, I would probably be doing it more. There would be a a useful, tangible reward for doing it. Instead of, oh, get like seven or 400 or 300 rep, but you need 10,000, so do like 50 of these and you might get enough for a 5,000 gold purse. Like, it's just not worth it. It's not a, a system that is enticing enough for me to do it with the current rewards. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll check it out once in a while, and you know, like you like Tosi said, you know, for if I'm close to getting a Paragon box, I'll, I'll get the reps. Um, I don't actively do pet battles, but I like to have the charms available to buy them because you know, I like when they're out and running around with me and doing things, but. <laughs> Because they actually participate, I don't know, always have the charm. So sometimes, you know, the the currency to buy pet stuff is up there. You know, I'll do that then. Sometimes you can earn extra time walking badges if you do it during a time walking week. Right. So like I'll do I'll do like little things like that here and there, but it's not something I check every day anymore. You know, like Frosley was saying in chat, I go when I remember. Earlier in the expansion, yeah, I went every day and I was very active with it. But it wasn't necessarily fun. I was doing it just to get an edge up on a little bit of Azerite and a little bit of rep. And that was my main focus. It wasn't like a, let's go check my table. It was like a, almost like a chore at this point. Yeah, let's be realistic. So, the, the mission tables, yeah. there's there's not a lot of thought that goes into them. You You match up the symbols. Maybe. Most of the time, I find I don't even need to do that. I'll just pick a couple followers and usually I'll 100% it and send them on their way. Like, 100, only 100%? Uh, what's that? Right. Only 100%? Well, it's easy. I'm saying it's easy to get 100% or more, basically. It's not hard to hit 100%. I mean, sometimes you don't have the right followers and you, the highest you can get is 100%. And they're like, okay, whatever. Like, these are the last two followers I have. I'm just going to send them off and get that guaranteed reward. Just have an add on that make sure I get 200%. I mean, and, and uh, see, that's not fun to me. <laughs> like, I want to figure, I want to, I want to figure it out myself. Um, yeah, but I don't, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want a job. And that's it. Hmm? I don't have to basically make this a job, and that's what that sounds like to me. But that's just me, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the, the the mission table for a long time has not been compelling content. It's kind of just it, it's it's very much kind of just there. And I, I'm not sure what they could do to. In a in a rework, but I'm interested to see what what it is. Yeah, definitely. Well, we should know soon. Well, yeah. three weeks, four weeks maybe. Another thing that makes me happy is in this article he or sorry in this interview, Ian talks a bit about professions, which is not something I've been interested in a while because I haven't enjoyed some of the profession changes. And one of the things I haven't enjoyed is not being able to control the stats. And apparently in Shadowlands, you can craft without, like, 
optional components and get your random stats, but you have the chance to have extra components with your crafting and get your guaranteed stat. That makes me happy. Love that so much. Um, yeah. When I, the last versatility I get on crafting gear, hey, okay with me. <laughs> Another great thing about professions is they're planning to make them more useful with the legendary system. So it looks like um, with these craftable legendaries that we're doing, we're gonna need to we're gonna need to take advantage of some of the crafting professions like tailors, blacksmiths, and leather workers, for example. And we're gonna have to craft items and to combine with the legendary components we get from Torghast to make our legendaries, which sounds like a pretty good way of making the the uh, the professions relevant for the entire expansion because let's face it they become irrelevant pretty quickly especially the way they're implemented now so anything that makes that portion of the game more useful and lets, lets us keep making money off of it is great because I mean I mean I'm a minor engineer and I haven't had to worry I I I I haven't had a reason to max out my professions in a long time. So so do having something there for that. A okay by me. More stuff for me to do. Well, I think that's gonna be better for that topic. Uh so let's talk about our next one. So we have another interview. And this one is shorter than the end one. It's with Paul Cubit. Is that how we'd say we say it, Toasty? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Paul here had an interview with Polygon, and he's a senior game designer. And it's mostly about you know, Torghast, which is cool. I like Torghast. Um, it talks a bit about how they want Torghast to be fun. They don't want it to be something that you feel like you have to spend endless hours doing. They don't want you to get yourself burned out on it. And they don't want it to be just a long grind. You know, they took note of our feedback from Battle for Azeroth and Legion with artifact power and how old that got. So while they are introducing legendaries and legendary crafting through Torghast, the materials are awarded upon completing Torghast, and there is a cap per week in an effort to try to keep players from burning themselves out. Because let's be honest, it's a legendary. People will burn themselves out and play it consistently to get their legendary while complaining about it. <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm okay with a cap myself. That might not be a popular opinion, but this is one cap I'm okay with. So at lunch players are only going to be able to have one legendary at a time players can keep going to Targast and getting materials and craft more legendaries to get them more gameplay options but it makes it so that people that are less interested in collecting items they don't have to keep going back into it to collect items if they don't want to because you can only again do one legendary at a time but if you want to take your time and start going through it more often and crafting more legendaries, because eventually they may let us wear more than one, 
or if completionist or collection or whatever, you have that option. You can still go and craft them. So it's nice that they're, they're trying to basically balance between the people that want to play it, go ahead, go play it. If you don't want to play it, if it's not something you're interested in, you're not obligated. That's kind of the overall vibe I'm getting from us. And they also talked a little bit about those who maybe want some bragging rights. And so they're most likely going to do some achievements. I think also in that interview, it mentions achievements. No talk of a leaderboard. Some people in the community have been kind of requesting a Torghast leaderboard. It might happen down the road. They didn't say no. <laughs> it's one of the things they're considering as a cool, like, potential thing to do in the future. But it's definitely not to start. To start will be more about the achievements and stuff. They're still kind of working through things like time debuffs and how that feels you know they're they're testing it they're really listening to player feedback which i really appreciate and it also talks a little bit about group scaling because torgas is designed to be continually replayed throughout the expansion for those who want to do it it's also going to be part of the questing experience apparently. And because it's a part of the questing experience, they don't want it to be one of those things where you do it once for questing and then you're done. They want to intrigue you to keep you going in there and enjoying it. And so they will do things like group scaling and but also make it so you can do it solo if you want. And basically giving people more choice on how they want to handle Torghast, which I think is pretty cool. But again, still trying really hard to make it so it's not a chore, which I think has been a lot of people's big complaints about BFA is, and some aspects of Legion and the garrisons. Basically, <laughs> they understand that we're tired of chores. So I think they're trying really hard to make sure this isn't, which is why they put Torghast this early in the alpha so people can really just test the heck out of it which they have been doing which is great yeah that's pretty much it do you guys have anything to add to this you talked a little bit about the torment stuff and i know there was a bunch of people uh, on like online and on twitter and all that stuff uh, with some feelings on torment at first I admit I was a little unsure about how I felt. Like I was a little not unsure. I I didn't feel great about the idea of torments in Torghast because um, it's 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 not supposed to, the way it was proposed. Torghast was proposed to us initially is like um, you know you kind of take your, you kind of take your time going through it and they're they're not going to be any timers like Mythic Plus, but these torments are kind of implementing a soft timer i guess because uh, when i was running through it this weekend um one torment we had was like if we're out of combat for a certain amount of time these uh random mobs will come and attack us and 
uh, I mean, that's just one of the torments that you could end up with. And I was wondering, like, how, a how how powerful are these things going to be? Are they are they going to wipe the floor with this kind of thing, or is it going to is it just like another thing in the way? How quickly is it going to stack? Because the, those torments will stack, and you'll end up with more of those things. I think by the time we finished up our run, we ended up with three or four stacks of that thing. And we had, as a result of that, we had four of these random mobs coming after us. Um, <clears throat> at least with the one that I ran, I, I didn't see an issue with it. Um, that being said, there are a bunch of other torments that I didn't come across. And some of the ones that I've seen... Uh, seem a little bit punishing, like increased increased damage taken and also reduced damage dealt. That's That doesn't sound fun, especially given that we're continuously getting stronger throughout the run of Torghast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure on how I feel about it, but the one I, I dealt with this weekend was not so bad. So based on the one, he, yeah. so far I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I dealt with that one too, and it didn't feel like a timer. It just felt like a minor annoyance more than anything. <laughs> and, and like you said, like that could be the one of the easier torments. Like that was the only one I encountered so far. At first glance, I didn't like the idea of the torments because one of my favorite things about Torghast is it's not a timer. I don't want a timer. That timer in Mythic Plus is one of the reasons that I'm not the biggest fan of those because that timer stresses me out. So... <laughs> it's nice that at least so far, it didn't feel like a timer. It just felt like a different kind of challenge. I'm trying to hold off too much judgment on the torments until I really get a chance to get a feel for them. Mm-hmm. To see if they are just a soft timer, just to kind of encourage you to not like AFK in there or wait 10 minutes in between pulls for hero to come back or whatever, you know, whatever reason that people might be that slow on versus having it be a stressful thing of, you know, oh my gosh, this horrible thing's about to happen. We got to go, 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 go. I don't want to be overly rushed. I want to enjoy it. The ambiance is amazing. The art is fantastic. I want to take time and enjoy that as I go through. I don't want to, you know, be rushed because of some silliness. So we'll see how that all plays out. I do like, I think it might have been the Indian interview. It talked about different events yeah. that we might get, like rotating events and stuff. Kind of, it reminds me of the extra quest like raid quests and stuff we used to have and that was cool so i'm i'm excited to see what they do with that so like they're they're obviously throwing a bunch of stuff at torghast and seeing what sticks and i'm looking forward to seeing some of the stuff um hopefully hopefully torments don't end up as bad as uh, some people have made it out to be because like that could really kill my vibe for uh, Torghast, honestly. Yep. But thankfully, it's just alpha. It's just, you know, they're, they're testing their options, which is good. That's what that's what they were there for. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, moving on, we had another interview. Yeah, this one was with uh, uh, Morgan Day. Uh, so this was, again, there's a lot of tour guest talk in here, but there's uh, some other stuff as well. Um, one of the things that they toyed with that, I've, that they're toying with right now uh, related to tour guests that as I'm sure some people in the community excited, especially the people who are huge fans of uh, tour guests, is that they're uh, considering revisiting the idea of uh, an infinite of playing Torghast infinitely um, because it's been one of those things that uh, the people in the alpha at the very least have been ranting and raving about for a little bit the, uh, the idea that they don't care if we don't get uh the legendary rewards or whatever. We just want to keep playing Torghast because it's so much fun. So they're telling with the idea of uh, an infinite Torghast that could uh, have just have cosmetic rewards, which I would be a fan of because I I, I I like looking good and well. It's basically just you know I'm playing with dolls, and I'm okay with this and well. <laughs> um, what else did they say here about Torghast? Uh, they talked about the idea of, um, no, wait, no, that was, no, I misread that. <laughs> what else was there in, that hasn't been, that we haven't talked about already? I mean, the, the infinite thing was the one that I was very excited about here, uh, Oh, they did talk about the, some of the anima powers that we're seeing within Torghast. Um, some of them have really fun effects, and they're talking about the possibility of making some of those anima powers like um, a uh, a an aspect of some of the legendaries that we're able to uh, uh, craft later on. I'm sure some of those won't make it in there, like the ten thousand percent damage increased shattering throw, which is so much fun, by the way. I was definitely just one-shotting bosses at the end of every floor and getting extra anima powers from them, which was <laughs> nice. so satisfying. So, so I, I that would be really cool. There's some abilities that I think could be a lot of fun um, uh, with uh, that one in, a, in the form of a legendary. Um, what else was there? I mean, they, 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 he didn't only talk about Torghast, they talked about some of the dungeons. Um, specifically, like, concerning dungeon length, I guess some people, some of the feedback they've received is that uh, that some of the dungeons are feeling shorter. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a goal that they're trying to get, get, go towards. Uh, it's just the fact that the currently available dungeons are more level up dungeons. It's not intended to be a max level dungeon, so yeah, by nature those are just going to be a bit shorter. They talked about the different affixes and uh, stuff like that that comes with Mythic Plus. They're, 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 they're planning some of these dungeons more so with some of the Mythic Plus affixes in mind, because 
um, let's face it, with the way some of the affixes are combined with the overall design of certain dungeons, um, if you get a bad combination of affixes, some of the some of the dungeons are just not fun to go through, and they want to kind of avoid that. Uh, they used Waycrest and Sanguine as an ex uh, as an example of bad combinations. So I'm very happy for that. I mean, I, I like I said earlier, I, I've been playing a lot of Mythic Plus, but uh, I have a, a bunch of friends who are outside of rating that is their primary game time, and oh boy, whenever there's a really bad combination of Mythic Pluses and uh, of of dungeons and affixes, the the amount of ranting that takes place is just <laughs> legendary. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can end yeah. up with a really bad key, and they'll either write off Mythic Pluses for the week, or only pug with other people and and go off of their key because the combination they received was just that horrible. Yes, like, very true. They don't. They, I mean, obviously, having a dungeon be easier or harder because of affixes is fine, but but they don't want it. To, they don't want one dungeon to be so difficult that nobody wants to do it. Apparently, they are looking at turning on Mythic Plus early in the testing cycle, so, especially compared to BFA, so hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to identify some of the problems a bit earlier in this, with, with, the, uh, with the combinations, and they can be addressed sooner. So I'm sure our Mythic Plus people will enjoy that a lot. They also talked about Castle Nathria, the first raid in uh, in Shadowlands. Apparently, there's a bunch of environmental based environment based bosses in Castle Nathria, which sounds pretty cool. I, I that could be down for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it would certainly make things a lot interesting having to worry about like the floors disappearing or pillars crashing down stuff like that it's also going to be a gigantic pain in the butt like what a carapace is is kind of an environmental boss because you got to worry about the the tentacles crashing down and screwing with how you're divided up and all that other stuff and you know as a warrior i don't mind i've got lots of mobility so i can quickly traverse i can see some people not being huge fans of it, I am thinking of our Death Knights in our raid group. I don't think they'll be particularly big fans of having to move very fast because the floor is disappearing. I don't know. Environment stuff sounds cool. Yes. Like, uh, the one of on um, one of the fights they speak about, it's it's going to be a multi-floor fight, like similar to Black Hen in. What's the name of that raid? Blackrock Foundry. That would be that would be pretty cool. Um, talk about mythic only phases. They're only going to really do it when it's interesting. I mean, that's kind of what I expected to see. And oh, wow, there's come on so much there. Um, there's um, they talked about more gl global cooldown stuff. 
because you know a bunch of stuff was added to the global cooldown uh, going into BFA and you know people want some of those changes reversed I think uh, one of the things that I've seen thrown around Twitter this weekend was getting death grip off of global cooldown I didn't realize that it was on global cooldown that kind of sucks like that's 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 basically the death knight's charge and like that would that would not be fun just thinking of how I used to play my death knight uh, but that they're they're trying to find other solutions to the problem instead of just removing them from the global cooldown again because they will get into the same problem that they had um that they had prior to uh, adding a bunch of abilities to the global cooldown where you just macroed all of them together and you completely forgot what they were and they weren't as meaningful. But at the same time, pressing, pressing a bunch of buttons before you pull just because they're on the global cooldown. Like for me, I gotta worry about popping my flask, uh, popping recklessness, and then using my Azerite power. That's all global, that's all on the GCD. And there's just a lot of work. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes into the pre pull, and that's clumsy. I won't say it's not fun because like whatever. At the end of the day, I'm just pressing buttons, but it's it, it feels clumsy. And if you screw it up, then you then then you kind of bone yourself for the rest of the fight. So I, I I'm interested. I'm looking forward to seeing how they fix some of those problems. Uh, the, the, but those are kind of my bigger takeaways. The stuff that I cared about, anyway, from that interview. Was there anything that you guys found interesting from the from this from this interview? No shadow pre no heh, words are hard. No shadow priest updates yet, but they're on the radar. Uh, more insanity. More insanity. That's all it's going to be. They're going to make you go insane faster. <laughs> we'll see. The, the fact that it's on the radar, I'm just... I want to know things. I want to know what they're going to do. So, yeah. I think we Everything can all agree covered. that Ali gets plenty insane, plenty fast, never ready. This is true. I will completely agree. <laughs> well, one thing I've, I've kind of been noticing uh, with this, with this uh, alpha cycle this testing cycle in general is um, I'm noticing there's a lot more uh, discussion and Blizzard Blizzard's providing direct feedback as to how certain classes are performing or how they're envisioning they they perform in Shadowlands I think when I was uh, looking when I was putting the show notes together there was something about specific to paladins and feedback related to them and them addressing those concerns directly so it seems like they they're uh they're they're, they're bleh, bleh, words hard they're really putting an emphasis on garnering garnering that feedback right away and working at the, working on them or and addressing them quickly you know, uh, a bunch of a bunch of people felt as though that wasn't the case that they weren't taking the feedback seriously or whatever in the BFA alpha. I know druids had 
a bunch of a laundry list of complaints going into BFA and a lot of them felt as though those complaints weren't addressed. So the fact that they're doing a bunch of that stuff now is a-okay by me. Whether or not they choose to act on them is another thing entirely, but I feel like you know, if they can explain it in a way, then that, that is satisfactory to most people because it's not going to satisfy everybody. That people will overall be happier with it. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I agree. Don't break my lines. So one thing we can do is make it so they can't hearth when they have bubble. <laughs> that should be the first thing they change. Actually, I'm good with that. Just that. I don't even know if they can still do that, honestly. I assume they can. But anyway, uh, that, that was that was a bunch of the interviews. We had a lot of interviews last week, in the, in the last week, from different uh, WoW staff members. So, that was great. We, we're, we're getting lots of little, little bits of information about what's going on in their heads uh, in regards to all the feedback and everything that's going on in the alpha right now. But we also got just a bunch of new alpha stuff recently. Right, Bedros? Yes. Yes, we did. So, uh, we do have a fair bit of... Um, I mean, I guess it's interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's alpha, so, you know, whatever. But <laughs> um, So, there's new customization options for... Um, there's this. I can't tell. I can't tell if here's what was Wowhead specific stuff or or actual updates to the the alpha. They don't really specify that. So, um, so it looks like there's a bunch of new conditions for dwarves, goblins, tauren, gnomes, uh, as well as undead having eye color options. They didn't have eye color. Well, they have new eye colors. Okay, so they did have bicolors before, they just they have new stuff new. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I don't play in Undead, so no, it was new for them. I apologize. Um I'm very curious about the the human face shape customizations. I feel I most felt like humans being the class that I play the most, or the race I play the most, their their look was never quite what I just Yeah. Thought. Yeah, I agree. And, like, Culturans were a bit more what I expect, but they're kind of like the pendulum going from one extreme to the other. Like, you either have super thin or super thick. Nothing like kind of midway. Um, and the faces never felt right. I I'm glad to have the new uh, options. Um... I will definitely have to check these on the alpha and see how they actually look when I have a chance, though. Because uh, new options can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it seems like there's some new, a lot of new Torghast-related stuff, but I think we've talked about a lot of that already. Um, not sure what else is is of note here. I'm sorry. Uh, the Torin customizations look so good. They they got like face and body paint and I didn't know that I wanted that for Torin customization, but <laughs> but looking at what they've given us, like wow, that actually looks fantastic and I didn't 
Like, I really like it. It kind of makes me want to dust yeah. off a Torin. It's pretty cool looking, for sure. You got different, like, it's it's obviously very, like, uh, Native American inspired. But, oh, my God, it looks so good. And, like, the, the textures on the, on the paint, um, it just, it, it makes it feel less flat, I guess, is the best way I can think of putting it. There's actual, you know, different, there's actual, like, Parts where okay, well the fur just didn't the paint didn't make the fur stick together that well here. Okay, well it's got the gaps and all that other stuff. I can't get over how good these these face and arm paints look on the Torin. Kind of makes me wish I was still playing one, but also for the alliance. <laughs> so the. Female dwarf hairstyles. Oh my god. How did I... Oh, that's so, so good. So, there's a couple of them that are, look really cool. And there's one I'm, I'm probably going to change my rogue to. It's got kind of medium length hair and it kind of ties together in the back and like a cool like almost almost Celtic knot looking knot thing. Like it's it's tied together. Like it's it looks really nice. Like I might yeah, change her. I don't know. It's really neat yeah. look, yeah. I like it. It's pretty. Um The Mohawk with the <laughs> random strip of hair by the ears. What? <laughs> I, I I don't get that one. I don't understand it. For those of you in chat, I'm going to post it. So you can see you're, what I'm talking you guys, about. You guys are breaking the heart of a hardcore developer, guys. That's so harsh. But like the Mohawk it. itself, it it looks it looks pretty cool. It's it's kind of it's kind of you know, um, B A. But the the random section of hair on this, I just like from the front. Admittedly, it's not all that bad. But then we look at it from the side. No, <laughs> it just looks, it's awkward. It's super awkward. Super. I will say that um, for those of you who want to live out playing your Wild Hammer Dwarf fantasy, like these, these latest updates for Dwarf customization will do it for you. Like they've got different accessories and all that stuff, like the feathers and that they're wearing and all that other, oh. Like, everything I want yeah, from playing cool. a Wild Hammer Dwarf like, is available to me now. And I love it so much. They even added nose piercings for the dudes. Oh. Yeah, they added some odd piercing and stuff, which is really cool. It's just it's just the ones that with the awkward awkward strand of hair. I just don't, I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> okay, I, I appreciate that some of them, like, okay, the feathers are going to kind of hide that a little bit. At first, I, I, admittedly, at first, when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, that's just, like, something with the feather. That's what it looked like at first. And then, and then oh, no, wait, that's just, that's just there. Yeah, it's just, it's just there hanging out. It's like you missed a spot. 
but like ironically. <laughs> so I'm pasting in the chat room what I think is the perfect hairstyle for Frasley. So Frasley, yes, I, can, I expect I can see that. this in like a green or maybe like a, a you know. It has a, to be blue. Blue? It has okay, to be blue. Blue is fine. Blue, yeah. fine. Um, just, it has to be a very bright and notable color. Um, but this is what I expect Frasley to look like. <laughs> I really like uh, some very, of the facial sure. hair stuff they've added for gnomes too. Like, I've always felt gnome, the, the gnome facial hair options were a little lacking. There wasn't enough variety there for me, but some of these look really good. Like, if there's that one that's, uh, their, their, their beard is like a little ramp, almost. Yeah. I love that, and I'm immediately picking that for my dwarf, or for my dwarf, for my gnome, when it's, uh, when it's available to me live. That, that just looks great. Okay, so so what facial hair would I expect Frasley to have? Uh, no, Fra Frasley's a clean cut kind of dude, I think. No, no, no. He needs his facial hair. He, he needs a, a wild facial hair set here. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm thinking uh, this for eyebrows, and then. Oh, this right here. This right here for the for the, for the lower face. Yeah, that that, that the, is that is Frasley to me right there. One of the things <laughs> I appreciate with these gnomish hairstyles is some of them are very blown back, as if they were involved in an explosion recently, which is <laughs> which is you know pretty on par with what I would expect. Uh, that is definitely a very gnomish uh, thing to happen. Yeah, like they're adding so much new. They're adding so much new customization for all these different races, and I love it so much. Like they're re they're really going for the you know live out your fantasy thing. What what like what do you want to play? We might not have it available to you to play like legitimately, like with the wild hammers, but you can go ahead and look like one. Yay for more choices. Choice is good. But I think that about covers it for alpha stuff, right? So. A lot, lot of new customization. Anyway, Ali, um, let's talk about something that some people may not like. Speaking of choices, <laughs> they are going to basically put in a corruption vendor soon. If not this week, then maybe next week. Or the week after. Basically soon. <laughs> and it's through Mother. And she is going to sell a random selection of corruptions. And it's going to be on a rotating schedule. It's going to change twice a week. And eventually like it'll cycle through all available corruption events. And you're going to be able to purchase that corruption using those Echoes and Iolotha and put it on a piece of gear that does not have corruption. So it's a different way to earn corruption gear. While you can't choose it, it's still some RNG. You can kind of pick, you know, 
if I'm looking for, say, Twilight Devastation rank three, you'll be able to know, you know, if it's going to be on that first rotation or that second rotation and then spend your echoes then in hopes you get it. So it's another way to get the corruption. Because again, you can get the Echoes of Nylotha through doing pretty much everything from 8.3 at this point. So that's nice. I don't know if I like that it's so RNG based, but I appreciate that they're giving people a different way to get corruption gear. So that's nice. The costs of these are, are pretty pricey. And the ones that aren't as sought after are going to be cheaper than the ones that are more powerful, more desired. With the most expensive one being Twilight Devastation Rank 3 at 1500 1000 Sorry, 15,000. There's another zero in there. 15,000. So a lot. A lot. <laughs> With that comes another change that everything else is going to start costing more. So getting your horrific vision vessels is going to cost a little bit more. I think I saw 1750 Buying your rank 3 essences is also going to cost more. You know, the ones you can get with the Echoes and Ilotha. However, they're also going to increase the amount that drops. So the full clear of a horrific vision will get you 750. Major salts are going to get you 625. So you're going to start getting more of them. But everything else is going to be priced too. So that's a thing that's happening. I kind of see both sides. Like it kind of feels silly to make everything more expensive, but also increase how much drops. Yeah. Like I feel like if the reason they're increasing the cost of the rank three essences and all that other stuff, and the reason they're increasing the drop rate is because you know, you want to buy Twilight Devastation level 3 for 15000 Maybe just adjust down the price? Right. I mean, and this, like, all this so is going to do is hurt the people who are saving up these Echoes to get their rank 3s right now. Yeah, so unfortunately, with this change, that amount you've been saving up is increasing. Which is a little frustrating. But again, they're also drop increasing how much you get. Yeah. You know, if you do Heroic Darkshore Warfront, which is pretty easy to do these days, you're going to get 375 for doing the quest. For doing one wing of LFR, you're going to get 125. Like, they're, they're increasing how much drops. Yeah, I mean... I'm still not. I'm still not sold on the idea. Yeah. Honestly, like if 
why adjust two sets of numbers when you can just adjust the cost of the new thing that you're introducing with these with this corruption vendor? That's kind of my thoughts behind it. I'm also I'm a little confused because it talks about how So so the wording okay, this is from Wowhead. And the wording of it is that Mother will sell a random selection of preserved containments. Preserved containments will contain a corruption that can be applied, you know, like I mentioned. Her stock of preserved containments will change twice a week. It'll cycle through all the corruption effects. They're going to cost varying amounts depending on what type of corruption you're buying. So I guess what I'm confused on is that when I first read this, it made it sound like it was random. Like it was RNG. But at the same time, it actually has like very specific listed amount of cost. So is it not random? Can you actually like pinpoint the one you want? I don't, I, I don't know. Like, is it not actually sounding random and that's just in my head that it sounds random? Because that could be. Um... Like, what is this preserved containment? Uh, isn't, preserve, isn't the preserved containment just like the, um... The... The corruption thing? Like, what, do you, what you're using to imbue your... Your thing with corrupt, your year with corruption. Yeah, that could be it, like a container for the corruption. I guess the the wording in this article made me think of it as random, but maybe it's not random. Ah, I, I, uh, I don't get me wrong. I appreciate that they're giving us an option to buy corruption. And choose what corruption we're getting. Taking that element of RNG out is fantastic. It's just... I can't help but think of all the people who are leveling alts right now. Saving up for their rank 3 essence. And when this corruption vendor gets put in. Like, they still have the same amount of uh, echoes that they had before. But now all of a sudden their rank 3 essence costs more. And you know not everybody is uh is going to be paying attention to all these changes and they're gonna log in one week and see that while they were maybe 10 away from buying their their rank three essence is gonna be you know a couple hundred away or whatever yeah like that's it's not a good feeling I mean there's some aspects of it that are nice it talks about you can actually use Echoes of Nyalotha to buy a vessel for the version. Yeah. And it also mentions that, you know, like I mentioned, if you do a full clear, you get 750. So you spend 1,750 to buy a vessel, but at least you get 750 back. So it kind of helps you level your cloak rank up a little quicker. Yeah. Kind like, of. So that's nice. Like, Almost everything stuff. about this corruption vendor is great. I can buy essences. I can buy rank three essences. I can buy corruptions. All like all of that is great. It's just the sudden changing of this system is not so great. 
Especially yeah. when that change is related to the cost. And people have been grinding out whatever they need to do to get their essence before this change with a different drop rate to their echoes. Like, uh, it's... Ah. Uh, it, it's almost there, is basically what I'm getting at. Like, the, like everything... Like, it's almost everything that I want from something like this. Um, it's just a shame that now those numbers are changing and it's going to screw over some people. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong, I, I, haven't, I haven't been saving up Echoes for anything because like, my, my goal with leveling up my ults was getting them to 120 so I'm ready for Shadowlands. Like, I don't care about essences or corruptions because I'm not going to be doing any sort of meaningful endgame content with any of those characters. Like, all my endgame content is going to be focused on my warrior. So it doesn't affect me, but there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be affected by this, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate... It does seem like they're listening to player feedback. And if I'm understanding this correctly, and you can actually pick your specific corruption, that's really nice. For sure. Yeah. It just... The, the timing of this being implemented and how it impacts everything else in terms of, you know, increasing the cost of everything else too. It, I feel like, I feel like the theory behind this is good. The way this is being implemented is rough. Yeah. And a little rocky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much more we can say on that. That's yeah, pretty much pretty what much it, it is. So we're just going to keep moving right along because this show's getting a little long to yeah. uh, some statue. Yeah, so um, a couple months ago they introduced these new statues for Jada and Sylvanas. Everybody loved them, uh, mostly. Uh, but we've also got this other thing um, available for pre-order. Actually, according to the Wowhead comments, um, pre-order is sold out. So you haven't gone on now, you're going to be waiting a little bit. Um, so it's a deluxe posable statue. You can change out her weapons and pose her in different ways and all that other stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, my one complaint with this is her face. <laughs> uh, I, yes. I look at her face and it reminds me of a brat stall. Which, you know, I feel really bad about saying that, but, like, it just, it looks off. Everything else about it is great. I mean, you got, you got an actual, like, piece of cloth for her cape, which is kind of cool. Um, I like that you can interchange, like, the weapons and stuff. and Yeah. And it how is. her, like, hands are, and it's, it's just... It's got 24 joints or something like that, right? Yeah, so you can like pose her in different ways and yeah. make it cool, which which is unique. They have some like wire inside the cloak, so you can even like move the cloak a little bit and have it be like an action stance, like waving in the wind or whatever in her action. Yeah, it's just just I can't get face. past the face. <laughs> but um, if you're interested at all in purchasing in purchasing this, 
Um, well, you can't do it now because it's um, the pre-order is sold out apparently. But uh, eventually, it'll be available for. Um, I had the price and now it's gone. Where did it go? Hundred and seven US. There it is. Yeah, hundred and seven US. So it's a little pricier than uh, the other statues that were released uh, earlier this year. I think those were around thirty some odd bucks. But yeah, if you're looking for another well collectible, uh, there's a there's a new Sylvanus one, and it's still cheaper than that three hundred dollars statue that we can all get, which I would still like, but like three hundred dollars is a lot. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. I do like this figure; it looks really cool. I, I like the attachments. I like that you can change out the hands to different. Looks. Yeah, like this is kind of like what. I wish we had back when I was a kid uh, for throwing figures out of the crappy hand. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, the really face? The face? I can't get past the face. So what's your issue with the face here? Let's, let's, let's talk I, this it, out here. I, it just it looks off. It reminds me of a Bratz doll. And I can't see past that. A Bratz doll? I don't know what that is. It's just another kind of Doll. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the potion then. Yeah. Um, I mean, clearly there was enough demand for them to go sold out of pre-orders. Yeah. I mean, it's not a terrible, terrible face. It's just, like you said, like it's off. Like I like that they have the the dark, you know, running down her face. Like that looks cool. I think for me, it's how thin and pointy her face is. And her eyes are just a little bit off to me. I can't quite place why. And the combination of those two, like, it just... I think it's throwing me off. It's just one of those things where you can't quite explain it. It just looks off. I guess. I don't know. The eyes do look weird. The eyes do look weird. Right? Like, it's... There's just something about it. But hey, you know, like I said, not not terrible. But I mean, it's yeah. more than I could ever do. It's not terrible. It's just, it's just a little off. And these are just our thoughts. I mean, stuff like this is, you know, um, personal. So what we might what we find off about it, you may not see that. So go ahead and check it out. And if it tickles your fancy, well, wait until it's available again. And then you can pre-order it, and then you can buy it for yourself. But not right now, because apparently it's sold out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move along, shall we? Yes. So we'll talk about our second sponsor, as usual. Our show today is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash atareads2020. That's bit.ly slash atareads2020. Now nearly 500,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. And this week we're going to continue with Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Let's have a listen. Dudley Demented The hottest day of the summer so far was drawing to a close, and a drowsy silence lay over the large square houses of Privet Drive. 
Cars that were usually gleaming stood dusty in their drives, and lawns that were once emerald green lay parched and yellowing. The use of hose pipes had been banned due to drought. Deprived of their usual car washing and lawn mowing pursuits, the inhabitants of Privet Drive had retreated into the shade of their cool houses, windows thrown wide in the hope of tempting in a non-existent breeze. The only person left outdoors was a teenage boy who was lying flat on his back in a flower bed outside number four. He was a skinny, black-haired, bespectacled boy who had the pinched, slightly unhealthy look of someone who has grown a lot in a short space of time. His jeans were torn and dirty, his T-shirt baggy and faded, and the soles of his trainers were peeling away from the uppers. Harry Potter's appearance did not endear him to the neighbors, who were the sort of people who thought scruffiness ought to be punishable by law. So once again, that was Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, written by J.K. Rowling and narrated by Jim Dale. You can find that at nearly 500,000 titles over at bit.ly slash atareads2020. And we'd like to thank Audible for their support of the show. So, our question of the week from last week was, how do you feel about the current social experience in WoW? Uh, Frizzly answers, I think giving communities like ATA, the podcasting community, Twitter, Twitch, and other one, and ones I've been I'm working towards to build, it is good. If you were trying to go solely off of forums or in game, it might not be as good. We are in an age where outside the where the outside social network might actually be more important than the in game community at fostering social connections. And that was our only answer. <laughs> so thank you, Frasley. We appreciate your thoughts. Sorry, they were not in invoice. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things that everyone's been talking about it lately. And, you know, some people don't want to talk about it anymore. And some don't really have an opinion one way or another or whatever. So, yeah. Indeed. I get it. So our next question I'm going to encourage you to have a lot of fun with it. And it is, what kind of non-legendary and rewards would you like to see come out of Torghast? You know, so for example, create some kind of fun achievement or pets or transmog. You know, something, again, fun. Give and me a I can't wait. That spawns a terror groove. Just like an image of a terror groove out in the open world. Just because I think it'll be funny to see people. <laughs> like, it won't do anything. It's just an image of it. I want a Terragru pet. I want Mr. T as a pet. And I want it to, if I send it out, or like if like if I target a critter, I want it to chase that critter down. Like it would chase us down to our guest. Oh, that would be good too. And then like stomp when it gets to it and probably kill it. Because that's 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 basically how it treats us. We're just we're critters in Torcast. <laughs> yeah. Medros, any thoughts? Uh, yeah. So basically, what you're saying, Ali, is you want the one toy that, like, similar to the toy that you had in. Uh, uh, there was a boss in the the Ice Crown raid, uh, Old War, I think it was that stomped trains. Little XT. Kind of sort of like the. Yeah, 
but I want a pet though. I want it as a toy. I want a pet that will, you know, follow me around and stuff too. But like when I cook on a critter, just have it, you know, go run after it. Isn't Luxie now a toy? Now a pet? I thought he was. Luxie's a pet. Yeah, is. Okay. Um, I guess, I don't know, like, maybe like retro transmogs, maybe. I don't know, like, oh, you know what would be really cool? If they did, like, obtaining the looks of bosses that have we've killed in the Ooh. past. Ooh. You know, because like, it's all connected oh. to death, right? So, you know, a, a replica Helm of Domination or um, oh. or Kalepas's look in uh, the Sunwell raid. You know, that kind of, or the, the dungeon there. But that kind of stuff would be a bo- the, the ability to replicate our transmog version of what a boss looked like when we killed them. Yeah, because we have the transmorpher toy right now, but the downside with transmorpher toy is that it's a random, it's just a random boss. If we give you the ability to target a uh, look, that would be really fun, actually. Or just to have their look but on your actual class. Oh, like a dread eye version of Kelthos? <laughs> Oh, oh, that'd actually. be so odd. Like his robes and stuff, you know? Like, yeah. I really like this idea. That'd be really fun. Like, like that, like that's the kind of cosmetic thing that I could see, like, since we're going to a place that is connected to death, those we've killed in the past, who theoretically would have passed to the death, shadow, death lines of Shadowlands, um, you know, the ability to, to look like them. Um, it would be like a token... Of oh, take this co- token to the to this vendor or these tokens to this vendor, and turn them in for the look you want. Oh my god! Yeah, I think cool. it'd be really cool. That's yeah. so good. You're welcome. Blizzard, feel play, free to take do that not idea. Play, you're welcome from Moana. I cannot afford that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we hopefully we get some equally creative answers because like. If that's an indication of some of the answers we're going to get, I'm going to look forward to the next week's answers so much. So put your put your thinking caps on. Get creative. I look forward to the answers. As fun. Well. Fun is good. Fun can be good. All right. Uh, so I think that's about it for our shadows. Uh, so how about you go first? My shout out is to everyone playing Alpha right now and testing it and taking the time to report bugs and give feedback and all of that. Because I think more so than the last couple expansions, Blizzard's really looking at that feedback and they've really, they're, they're straight up asking for it. So I think that's great. And I encourage everyone in alpha and when beta comes out and more people get in to, to do that. You're doing good work. Toasty, how about you? Um, I'm going to give a shout out to the friends and family of Captain Jennifer Casey. Uh, uh, for those of you not from Canada, uh, she, she was a, uh, she was a member of the Snowbirds. And her plane was involved in a crash in Kamloops over the weekend, and unfortunately, she uh, she uh, passed away 
from from that. So uh, condolences to her friends and family and anybody else affected by by that tragedy. Uh, for everybody who isn't aware, Snowbirds is our, our aerial acrobatic uh, wing of the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, my shout-out is going to be a little bit more on the, the positive side. Um, uh, my shout-out is going to be to the couple at one of the most interesting weddings I've ever had the occasion uh, to observe. Um, uh, the, the bride is somebody that some of our listeners may know. She's a former Diablo community manager who recently left uh, to go... We're in a small company that some of some of us might have heard of, uh, up I think in Washington State, I believe they are. Um, but uh, she and her, her she and her fiance got married uh, on Friday, on their ten year anniversary. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, they were dressed in Renfair gear. Uh, their cake was the was. Uh, Decorated to look at the top of a, a beer cask, um, and then had a D twenty carved in the top with little figures of their of their uh, selves in their gear um, stuck into the top. Um, so to Brandy and Ashton, uh, congratulations! Uh, I hope you guys have uh, an amazing life, and uh, thank you for putting on one of the most interesting weddings I've ever ever heard of. Never mind, but I have had the chance to observe. And uh, they they couldn't do it as they as they normally had planned to, um, so instead they did it on Twitch um, and invited their friends, their family, and like the internet to watch. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, if you want pictures from the wedding, uh, the hashtag is Brashton twenty twenty. It's B R A S H T O N twenty twenty on Twitter. Uh, some really fun photos there. Um, so congratulations to them, and I wish them the very best. Um, in the future. Uh, that is going to be about it, though, so let's get our outro here. If you'd like to reach us by voicemail, call 1-785-ATA-WOW5 or 785-282-9695. You can send emails to show at allthingsazroth.com. If you like what we do here, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash allthingsaz. Join our new Battle.net group at bit.ly slash bnetata, check out Ali's show at dungeonfables.com, and Toasty's stream at twitch.tv slash toastypostycan. You can find us on Twitter at allthingsaz, at medros, at fandeth, at toastypostycan, at aliandrusk, and at donforge. And please check out the other shows from the Donforge network, including Group Quest and Shattered Soulstone. And we'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care, happy hunting, and we'll see you on the other side of more Shadowlands Awesome. And lots of fun stuff. Ooh, an Ouroboros soon. Oh, I got nothing. Okay, I'm stopping. This podcast is part of the Dawn Forge Network. Copyright 2020.